Amen. Thank you. Appreciate that. If you have your Bibles, turn to First uh, Peter chapter two. First Peter chapter two. Been looking for a number of weeks. A series called "Dealing with Doubt," and we're simply looking at uh, common objections to Christianity and, and examining those uh, biblically and logically. Sunday school teacher was. Uh, trying to keep the kids' attention, their minds were wandering. So he suddenly stopped, pointed at one boy, and he said, Do you know why people call me a Christian? The boy was startled. He said, Is it because they don't know you? <laughs> one of the common objections to Christianity is the, the conduct of believers. Often, this has to do with hypocrisy, the church is full of hypocrites is the statement, or oppression, that the church is responsible for oppression in the past. Those will be two issues we're going to look at, I'm going to, and uh, the issue of self-righteousness, we'll look at them all together because they all are conduct issues of believers. In the scripture, we're going to uh, look at, as we examine these issues, it speaks about the power of truth and that the power of truth is to remove hypocrisy. I want to preach about hypocrisy tonight. First Peter chapter 2, if you want to read uh, with me. And uh, starting at verse 1, the Bible says, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, envy, and evil speaking. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Hypocrisy. Let's begin. Let's talk about the reality of uh, hypocrisy. One of the most common objections, as I said, is the, the actions or the conduct of uh, believers or people who claim to be Christians. Christians are claiming an inner reality. If you're a Christian, you are saying something has happened inside me. But of course, the, the problem is that people cannot see inside. They can only see outside. And so they look at uh, the words and the actions of believers. And often it is... The, the result of that is that unbelievers of any persuasion, simply a non-Christian to all the way to someone who is a, a complete atheist, they often will point to offensive actions of someone who claims to be a Christian. This might be a bad experience with they've had personally with a, someone who said they were a Christian or sometimes they will take an entire segment of people or a segment of people in time and their wrongdoings. Some of the statements sometimes that are made by unbelievers or atheists is they will ask, why would I want to be like that? Or the statement would be made, why would you, if you're a Christian, why would you want to perpetuate that? Or they're talking about oppression by Christians in the past. Why would you want to perpetuate that oppression? Or why would you want to create more people like that? And so the overall logic of what they are, are saying is 
that your beliefs or your Christianity will make you be hypocritical, self-righteous, and oppressive. Three main claims uh, of conduct that are used against Christianity. Number one, Christianity is full of hypocrites. That is, that they say one thing and they do another. And I have to say, we've been looking at numbers of issues. Some of the claims against Christianity are non-factual. There are nonsense. But I have to say, uh, on this one, I have sympathy because there is truth in that. There are hypocritical Christians. There are people that, based on personal experience, they, they can point and they can tell you a story about someone who lied or violated or stabbed in the back, ripped them off, burned them in some way, while claiming to be a Christian. And so that negates Christianity. And then, of course, we have public examples, people who've been caught out to they are preaching or proclaiming one thing, but then they, we found out they were living totally opposite to what they uh, preached. The word hypocrite, in our scripture, it talks about put off hypocrisy. It actually is a stage actor. It's someone who is playing a role. And these were, in particular, the Greek dramas where they would put on a mask that would portray sadness, anger, happiness, whatever. That's what the word is. So when you're saying someone is a hypocrite, they're simply playing a role. They pretend to be a Christian, but look at what they did. Christianity is full of hypocrites. That's the claim. Number two, the second, is that Christians are self-righteous and they're judgmental. You hear statements Said, like Christians feel they're better than everyone. So, in other words, that they are superior. And so, you know, one of the things that, that, that is the issue we looked in absolute truth is that you can disagree with someone. But, of course, people are greatly offended when you are disagreeing with them and you are attacking their basic dignity and self-worth. In other words, you have... No uh, uh, validity as a human being because you don't believe like me. Probably the radical extreme of this would be a, a group is the Westboro Baptist Church. These are the people who protest anytime they hear of a, a high-profile death or, or a, you know, a plane crashes, something happens. These people will show up. The website of the church is GodHatesFags.org. That's their church website. They had, they showed up when there was a plane crash. A lot of people died. They showed up with one of their signs said, Planes crash, God laughs. Or uh, they hold up signs, God hates you. They'll do this at funerals. Another sign I saw, God hates the world. If I could be judgmental for a moment, those are strange people. I just throw that in passing and I, I admit I'm being judgmental. Yeah, that, those are, that's weird. But this is the idea that Christians are self-righteous. The third claim is that Christianity is historically responsible for oppression and atrocities. They'll name some famous example, the Crusades. This is during the 10th and 11th century military campaigns that were waged in the Holy Land. And, and the idea, what, what people will tell you, is that Christians 
went to the Holy Land and slaughtered people who disagreed with them. Or simply, uh, or they tried to convert people at the point of the sword. And so the idea that you'll get is, do you agree with Christianity? No. And so they hacked them in pieces. And that is the idea. Look at the Crusades. Another uh, example is the Inquisitions. This is the Catholic Church. That during the Inquisitions, they tortured people to make sure that they believed correctly. I'm sorry, that's very bad to laugh, but... Uh, that's uh, <laughs> you're not believing right, so we're going to torture you. That's that's really going to be helpful. And then in the Spanish Inquisitions, they added decrees that said Jews and Muslims, if you don't convert, then you have to uh, die. So that's that is uh, lumped in. Look at the Inquisition. So therefore, Christianity is invalid. The third one is slavery in America. And uh, the idea here in the, in the horrors of slavery is that many of the people uh, in the South, the slave owners, or the people fighting for slavery, they were church attenders. And they claimed to be Christians. And then we could throw in apartheid in South Africa. That system came out of the Dutch Reformed Church. So these are three of the main claims that you will have people say Christianity is invalid because of hypocrisy, of self-righteousness, or because of oppression. And then we can throw in the personal dimension in doubt and, and uh, uh, atheism. That is a common connection in, in, in some atheists, is the treatment they receive from their own fathers. And this is common. You have people that they had a father who was supposed to be a Christian, but he, they'll tell tales of but he abandoned, neglected, abused uh, the kids. And so what happens is people who are angry at their natural fathers, it is, of course, quite understandable that they would be angry or would reject the idea of a heavenly father. So this is the idea of hypocrisy. Let's talk secondly. Let's examine the logic of hypocrisy. So let's think about this logically. So if you are going to reject all that God says, you're going to reject God himself based on hypocrisy, self-righteousness, or oppression. Let's think about this logically for a moment. Atheism or doubt is a worldview. It's a way of looking at life and interpreting. And so if you are going to base your entire life If you're going to base the lives of your family and indeed on your eternity, on uh, on your ideas of this, that there's hypocrites or oppression or self-righteousness, you better make sure that your ideas stand up to logic. Number one, it better make sense. I would just suggest that to you. The comedian Louis C.K., he's not a Christian by any means. Apparently he said... Not long ago on Saturday Night Live, he said, some people say uh, that they know there isn't a God. He says, that's weird to me. That's a weird thing to know. There's no God? Are you sure? They say, yeah, there's no God. He says, how do you know? Because I didn't see him. He said, but how do you know? It's a vast universe. You can see about 100 yards if a building's not in the way. How can you possibly know? Did you look everywhere? Did you look in the downstairs bathroom? 
No, I haven't seen him yet. And he said, well, I haven't seen the film 12 years as a slave yet, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Right? There is man. He's not a Christian, but he's using logic. It is illogical. It doesn't make sense. So let's examine. Let's, let's think about some of the false logic of these claims of hypocrisy, self-righteousness, and oppression. One of these, I'll just, I'll just throw this out is that a lot of people, they have, uh, you have things that are repeated by unbelievers and they're passed on. One of those we looked at was the Bible has been translated so many times. It, that's simply factually incorrect. One of the things that's factually incorrect is people have incorrect information about the Crusades. The Crusades were not about killing people who disagreed. It was fighting back against Muslim conquerors. Muslims were taking over the Western world. And finally, they fought back. That's what it was all about. And they went and did this. And and, uh, the Muslims who had forced people to convert or killed or tortured, they were fighting back. They did wrong things. I don't agree with it. But if you're going to base, I'm rejecting God because of the Crusades, you you at least ought to get your facts right. I I would just suggest that. That's in passing. Number two is if you're rejecting Christianity... You would, I would assume that your alternative is better, right? And there's hypocrites, there's oppression, there, so then what you have is better, right? Think about this. Atheism has actually caused much more harm than Christianity. Communism is institutionalized atheism. As it was put in a political system... The, the, the idea that there is no God, they estimate in China alone, 65 million people were killed by the communists. 20 to 50 million in Russia, 2 million in Cambodia, 2 million in North Korea. The Nazis were rabidly anti-Christian. They put Christians in the concentration camps with the Jews. And uh, they wound up killing Six million Jews in the war that they started, these anti-Christian people who were not believers in God, 60 million people died. So, I put to you, atheism has actually caused more harm if you're going to reject a belief system based on the conduct of people. The third issue is that The reality is any atrocity, any oppression, any hypocrisy, that is not because of the Bible. It's against the Bible. When Peter, they were coming to arrest Jesus, he pulled out his sword. Jesus said, put away your sword. He didn't say, yeah, Peter, that's right. Anybody who disagrees, cut their head off. He said, no, no, put away your sword. That is not how we do things. He tells us to love people. He is against oppression, self-righteousness, racism. And so this is the, the, the issue is that if you have someone who claims to be a Christian and they do wrong, that is not because of the Bible. It means they are at some point going against the Bible. It was Jonah one of God's own men, that he was looking over the city of Nineveh, saying, I hope they all die 
for you. Because they've harmed God's... And God said, you don't speak for me. That's not how I feel about this. And so your ideas are against God if you feel like that. The third statement is in the form of a question. If you're saying, you know, Christianity is invalid because there are hypocrites. So atheism has no hypocrites? Right? There's no, there's no hypocrite atheist? See, the issue here is that hypocrisy is common to every human being because of sin. The Bible tells us that as soon as people sinned, they realized that they were naked or exposed, and immediately they set about to cover up, to hide, and to blame. People are hypocrites because of pride, fear, and selfishness primarily. And that is common not just to Christians. I did not argue. I did not say Christians are not hypocrites. I agreed. That's true. But the issue is that hypocrisy is common to every human being, atheists included. A man named Brian Dunning, he has a podcast. It's called the Skeptoid Podcast. It's his atheist. He speaks out against Christianity. He recently was arrested for wire fraud. He had defrauded over five million dollars. So does that mean then every atheist, you are now invalid because Brian Dunning, who you don't even know, he stole money, so then your belief system doesn't exist? No, that is illogical. See, Christianity doesn't create hypocrisy or self-righteousness. It's already in us. How do you know you can be a self-righteous anything? You can be a self-righteous Republican. You can be a self-righteous Democrat, self-righteous feminist. You can be a self-righteous vegan, right? Well, at least I'm not killing baby animals. But then you have the raw foodist who says, at least I'm not a vegan who cooks their vegetables. Right? It's in us. Christianity doesn't make that. That is, this is simply the logic of hypocrisy. The final issue is that other people's actions don't remove personal responsibility. This is one of the fascinating things to me about dealing, as I've just been working through and, and thinking about the mindset, of someone who they're pointing to an issue, this or that, and they're saying, therefore... I am removed from all responsibility before God because, in this case, I don't have to answer to God because there's hypocritical Christians. I don't have to answer to God. Or God doesn't exist because of someone in the past who I don't even know, in the 10th century, oppressed and, and hurt somebody. So, but the idea is this. Where else does that work in life? The next time a policeman tries to pull you over for speeding, you know what? There's hypocritical policemen. Don't stop. See how that works for you. And when they finally stop, you say, listen, man, I know a policeman. He ate too many donuts, so I can do whatever I want. Where else does that work in life? So why is it that people can point... To God and say, 
I am absolved from answering to Almighty God because of somebody that doesn't work in life. It doesn't work with God. Adam, he tried that. As soon as they sinned and God showed up, he said, the woman. I bet this made for a happy marriage after that, what he said. <laughs> you think that caused any fights? But God said, where are you? This is personal responsibility. In Romans fourteen twelve says, so then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Let's look finally at the power of truth for a moment. Because this is the scripture that we're dealing with. There have been and are hypocritical Christians, self-righteous Christians. There has been oppression in the past. Fine. That's people. But the good news is this. Christianity is not based on a person. It's based on Jesus Christ. It's not based on the guy you used to work with. That is not the foundation of Christianity, but it is based on Jesus Christ. In our scripture, it talks about the Lord, which is Jesus. And Jesus made a powerful claim. He said, I am the truth. He didn't say, I talk about truth or I teach principles of truth. He said, I am the very embodiment. You want to know what truth is, you look at Jesus. He lived it. People marveled at this. Mark 1.22, they were amazed at his authority and they said he's not like the scribes. These were people who they said one thing, but they lived another one. They said, this guy is amazing. He lives it. His accusers, people who hated him and wanted to get rid of him. The Bible says they met and for hours they were trying to think, what, what can we say bad about Jesus? And they finally had guys come in even and lie. They couldn't come up with any. The worst that they could come up with finally was, well, he said he's going to tear down the temple in three days. He's going to rebuild it. That's, that was the worst they could come up with. A wicked Roman ruler who had seen the worst of people looked at me and said, I find no fault in him. A jaded Roman soldier who was used to dealing with the absolute worst of, of people. He looked and said, surely this was the Son of God. Christianity is not about people. Thank God. People will let you down. Jesus never fails. And that is the foundation of Christianity. The second issue is our scripture shows us Jesus is against hypocrisy. If you know somebody who's a Christian and they're a hypocrite, good news, Jesus is against that. He doesn't say, great, I made him like that. No, he says, I don't want them to be. It's fascinating to me that the people Jesus attacked, the only people he absolutely got in their face, got irate about, was religious hypocrites. Matthew 23, verse 27 and 28 says, Woe to you, teachers of the law. 
Pharisees, you hypocrites. You're like whitewashed tombs, which are beautiful on the inside or outside, but on the inside are full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. So here's Jesus Christ, the embodiment of truth. He says, I absolutely, I despise hypocrisy. And the reason why is, one, because it will destroy you. If you live as a hypocrite, you are going to think you're okay and wind up uh, being destroyed. But the other reason why Jesus is so against it is the very reason why I need to preach on it tonight is because it harms other people. Is because there are people who look at Jesus Christ and they say, you are invalid because I know a guy. That's why Jesus says, I hate hypocrisy. He is against this. The scripture that we read, the command in verse 1 is, put off all guile and hypocrisy. And the picture here is, is of you have old, uh, uh, sweaty garments or clothes that have you been working in the mud. And is, I have got to get rid of this. I've got to put that away so I can be clean. That's the idea is that if you are a true Christian, you will not be satisfied to live as a hypocrite because Jesus is against hypocrisy. See, Jesus gives the power to live the truth. This is real Christianity. One of the problems is there are people who they'll say, you know, there were these people in the Inquisition. The, the bottom line is, in your mind, they had the name. They weren't real Christians. There are people, they oppressed people. They weren't real Christians. There were people, they went to church and they owned slaves. They weren't real Christians. That's, that's the simple answer. Because in a real relationship with Jesus Christ, It gives the power not just to talk about truth or to go to church, but to live truth. The only hope that we have of real change, the only hope we have of overcoming the hypocrisy that is inside every human being is if there would be a miracle. Hypocrisy is in every human being. The only way you're going to be able to live out truth is it would take a miracle. Chapter 1, just before the verses that we read, 1 Peter 1, 23 says, Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the Word of God which lives and abides forever. He uses this radical statement that Jesus uh, uh, talks about. He says, a real Christian is one who has been born again. Something has happened on the inside, and if you are radically born again on the inside, then things will change on the outside. And that would take a miracle. This is real Christianity is power to live the truth. In the Old Testament, they had rules. God spelled out very clearly for them and for us so we would know what what it is uh, to live wrong. In the Old Testament, they could even, if they 
wanted to remove the penalty. In other words, I don't want to be punished for my sin. They could come and God made provision for that. But what they didn't have was they didn't have heart change. That's what really is needed is not for me to give you a list of rules. What you need is a miracle. Ezekiel 36, looking ahead to Jesus Christ, he said, I will give you a new heart. I'll put a new spirit in you. I'll take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. I'll put my spirit in you so that you can follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. This is the real issue is that a real Christian now has the power to live the truth. Not simply to come to church and feel self-righteous that they're not like the people down the street or to pretend to be one thing and live another. Christianity gives you the power to live the truth. In fact, a true Christian is one who has entered into a relationship of truth. You know, this is what it means to be a Christian. You cannot become a Christian unless you admit the truth. This is what real Christianity is all about, is I can't fix my sin problem. I have a need. There is something wrong inside, and there are people who won't do that. We've had, you maybe have seen it in a crusade where there are people, and Pastor Mitchell is leading them in a prayer and saying, uh, uh, and say this after me, I admit I'm a sinner. There may be, no, I won't say that. Then you can never be a real Christian. Because you can't even enter into Christianity unless you admit the truth, I need a Savior. That is what Christianity is all about. It is not, here are the rules Work hard and eventually you'll get there. Christianity is, I cannot save myself. And I need a miracle that can only come by Jesus Christ. First Peter 1.18, you've been redeemed by the precious blood of Christ. Finally, a real Christian is someone who is being changed by the truth. Our scripture, verse 1, he's writing, and I want you to notice this, he's writing to Christians. And he says, you Christians, put away, get rid of hypocrisy. Don't live like that. So, does that mean that what they have is not valid? No. What he's talking about here is that They are being changed by the truth. Verse 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word so that you may grow by it. You know what the real issue is? Salvation is a start. It's a miracle. Something has changed on the inside, but it's a starting point. It's not the end. It's not I've arrived. I've got it now forevermore. Now I'm better than everybody else. No, now there needs to be a process. The reason why Peter was writing to people who were real Christians, and he said, get rid of the hypocrisy in your life, is because they are a work in progress. God's not finished yet. And he said, but this is the hope, is that 
It's not what you are today. Listen to me. Can I give you good news? The hope of the gospel is not what you are right now. Because some of us, you have been saved. You, you're a genuine Christian, but, but we've got some real issues. The hope of Christianity is not what you are right now. It's what you can become. And that is the power of God. And coming in contact with the truth is what brings change over time. When people come under the truth this morning, we were confronted with the truth of of the gospel through preaching, through teaching. When you read the Bible, the Bible says the word is like a mirror. You see yourself. It's like a lamp. It shines deeply on the inside. And one of the things that happens is that in genuine truth is there comes a confrontation so that we'll change. First Peter 1 Peter 1.22, now that you've made your souls pure by obeying the truth, that's talking about the past. He says you can have true love for your Christian brothers and sisters, so love each other deeply with all of your heart. There's a lot of hypocrites in the church. Yes, there are. Where else are they supposed to be? Right? One of the ladies in our church, Sydney Zenda, she's in the hospital right now. Should we go there and go, Sydney, there are sick people here. We've got to get you out of here. That's where they should be. The only hope for a hypocrite is that God confront them with the truth. You can pretend, you go, listen, but the miracle is that God knows the Almighty, right? If He's Almighty, if He's got all power, if He knows everything, that means He knows us personally. And we come in contact with the truth. For some of you, he's dealing with you about your business practices. Others, it's about your marriage. Others, it's about your morals, whatever it might be, because he's almighty. And that is, he is the God of truth. I close with this story. A woman named Lois, she volunteered to help in the church. They gave her the, uh, the, the church roles of the mailing list. She scanned the address list. She noted some people that hadn't been to church for quite a while. She started calling them. She said, we've been missing you. Why don't you come back next Sunday? She called one man, and, and uh, he brushed her off, called again. Finally, he said, look, don't you get it? I'm not going back to that church. There's too many hypocrites in that church. And she laughed, and she said, yeah, you're right. we got a church full of hypocrites, and we always have room for one more. <laughs> and the man laughed. The next week, he came in the pew, sat in church, and began to allow God to help him. See, this is, the, this is the reality. Yes, there are hypocrites, and yes, there has been oppression. Yes, there are self-righteous people. And yet, Jesus is the truth. And he has the power to work tr- truth on the inside. Let's bow our heads. Close our eyes all across this place. Amen.